Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Megan Lorea. Megan is a civil engineer, cat mom, and cat lover. In September of 2018, Megan heard of a local shelter with too many adults to handle. They couldn't adopt them out fast enough. Out of this need, Joy for Cats was born. Joy for Cats donates toy and treat baskets to adopters of hard-to-place cats. Joy for Cats' mission is two-pronged, partnering with rescues and shelters to help provide incentives for adopting hard-to-place cats and bringing joy to cats to thank them for the joy they bring us. This is done by sending home cat-approved items with adopters to help bring joy to their new pet and therefore increase the joy their new pet is sure to bring them. Since Megan started Joy for Cats, she's continually learning more and more about cats, especially the importance of catification and routine in a cat's life. She uses this knowledge to help educate the community so both cat and owner are happy and healthy. She has two cats herself, Screamer and Roscoe, who are the joys of her life and the Joy for Cats founding felines. Both cats are rescues and she proudly supports hashtag adopt, don't shop. She looks forward to a day where no animals are euthanized because of overpopulation. Megan donates to animal shelters of all shapes and sizes and enjoys attending rescue events in her spare time. She's always looking for events to support and cats in need that she can help. She recently went to cat camp in New York City and met Jackson Galaxy, a lifelong hero of hers. When she isn't working as an engineer or on Joy for Cats, you can find her in the kitchen trying out a new recipe. You can find her on Facebook and Instagram at Joy for Cats. She's always looking for new ideas as well as collaborators, so feel free to reach out. Megan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Stacey. I'm very excited to be here. First, before we start talking about Joy for Cats and your project and your ideas and your thoughts around this relatively new initiative, I'd like to first ask you, how did you become passionate about cats? Yeah, so um, I've always had a passion and love for animals, especially cats. I grew up around cats my entire life. I think, you know, at one point living at home with my mom, we had 12 cats. Surprisingly enough, uh, of these 12 cats, you know, only a couple of them were ones that we had actually gone through the process of adopting from a rescue or shelter. Um, the rest of the cats were cats that, you know, they, they found us. For example, we had a cat that, a black cat actually, that followed me and my siblings home on Halloween one year. Um, and after trying to find the owner to no avail, uh, we actually took the cat in and then to our surprise, weeks later, the cat had five babies. And so three out of those five cats then became ours and we adopted out two. And then other scenarios, you know, were cases like a friend of a friend reached out to my mom and asked us to take care of this cat, and after caring for the cat, we fell in love, and there was no way we were getting rid of it. So I've grown up around cats my entire life. Uh, They've always just brought me uh, lots of joy. And I can tell that the word joy is something that is really important to you. When you were thinking about naming this company, was that really specific and intentional? And what does the word joy mean for you? You know, just this, you know, recently, uh, it's just been a word that stuck out to me. When I was beginning this, you know, I was really just focusing on, you know, bringing happiness to the cats. And I had been seeing the word joy around a lot, and it just stuck out for me. And so it rolled off the tongue when I came up with the name Joy for Cats, and that was that. 
So how did you discover that there was this real need with the hard-to-place cats or the hard-to-adopt-out cats? Um, Did you have some friends who worked at shelters? Did you volunteer at a shelter? You know, how did you really discover that there was this population of cats that really need some extra support? I follow, you know, dozens of shelters on Facebook, as I'm sure, you know, most of us do. You notice, they say it in their posts, you know, this cat has been stuck in the shelter for a long time. And it's it's kind of a known fact that adult cats are overseen because when people are wanting to adopt a cat, their first thought, you know, is they jump to kitten. They want, you know, a cute little kitten to bring home. And a lot of people, when they go into a shelter or rescue to adopt, really an adult cat isn't even on their radar. They want something that they can, you know, grow up with. And, you know, they think that they can kind of tailor to their needs. But there really is so many benefits to adopt adult cats and so really what caught my attention which is how joy for cats started was a rescue that i adopted my second cat roscoe from happy jack's cats they have this policy where they will actually take back any cat that they have adopted out for any reason no questions asked Um, this is to you know avoid those bad scenarios where the owners take the cat to a different shelter and then maybe they're euthanized or even worse you know they drop the cat somewhere outside and then um, in most cases you know they can suffer an unfortunate death and so they accept all the cats back but unfortunately, because of this policy, they had gotten 16 adult cats returned within one week. This nonprofit is a no facility nonprofit, and so it's just run out of volunteers' homes. And so you can imagine, 16 adult cats is a lot for them to try to place in their fosters' homes. And so I reached out because they were very stressed with trying to get these cats adopted, and I said, What can I do to help? And so they came back with a couple ideas. Sort of like uh, you could make one big basket for the first adult cats adopted to help incentivize uh, adoptions that way or go out and buy a cat bed for, you know, the first couple of cats adopted or something a little bit smaller, buy a couple toys for, you know, the first five or six just to sort of incentivize the adoption there. And I knew immediately that I wasn't going to be able to pick which cats to donate to. (laughs) And so I knew, you know, I'm going to be donating to all of them. What exactly I'm donating, I'm not sure. And so at that point, I reached out to the community. I used Facebook and I made a post kind of explaining, you know, what I was doing, what I was wanting to do to see if anybody wanted to help. To my surprise, a ton of people were more than willing to help. I got cash donations from family and friends, friends of family and friends. I reached out to some cat companies that I frequently shop at, and they were more than willing to show their support and send donations. People were willing to donate their time to make collars for each of these cats. I was really just blown away by the amount of people who were willing to help. Because I knew that adult cats were a little bit harder to adopt, I thought that this is a really good idea. I think that I have something here. I want to run with it. And so I made a Facebook page and I decided to keep doing it. It just brought me a lot of joy and gratitude knowing that I was bringing the cats joy as well as helping get them out adopted a little bit quicker. So I wanted to keep doing it. At this point in time, you are not a 501c3 nonprofit organization. So you're still getting donations even though you're not a nonprofit. I was surprised at that as well. Um, That's one of the reasons why I do want to, in the future, make myself into an official nonprofit because, you know, people are more willing to donate. But yes, I would just kind of give them the story of what I was doing. And some places I did follow up with them with, you know, pictures of me donating them to the, the shelter just so they knew that that's where their product was going. But yeah, people were more than willing and very supportive to help us out. Now, does Joy for Cats just work with the one shelter that you're talking about with the 16 cats? What's the capacity or what have you done so far in a pretty short period of time? You started in 2018 or 2017. It's been relatively recent, right? 
2018 was when we started. I think actually around September was uh, the first time I just saw that pop up on my timeline as a flashback on Facebook. But yeah, so since we've donated the 16 bags to Happy Jack's Cats, we've actually able to donate to 10 other shelters. Most of them are in the Idaho area with the exception of a shelter in Washington that was pretty close to my college hometown. And then actually a shelter in Florida that right when I made my Facebook page, they reached out to me immediately asking to be put on some sort of list which I didn't have a list at that point. <laughs> Since they were so kind to reach out, I wanted to make sure that I could send something to them. And so I was able to donate to one of their events that helped raise money for a cat. I sent a large cat basket to them to help raise funds for their cats in their shelter. We have hopes to kind of expand everywhere. Uh, the only thing that's holding us back at this moment, you know, is shipping costs. A lot of what we're shipping, it starts to add up and it gets expensive. And so we have plans in the future to hopefully do some fundraisers that can raise money for shipping costs. That way we can reach more cats. Hey, everybody, Stacy here with the Community Cats Podcast. And I just wanted to let everybody know that early bird ticketing is open for our 2020 online cat conference, which will be on January 24th through the 26th. So we will get together on the evening of the 24th with Chelsea White, who has a YouTube show that's perfectly awesome. And then we will be getting together on the 25th and the 26th for two full days of jam-packed information all about community cats and community cat programs. So this is a virtual convention for anyone who'd like to help community cats. Please go to onlinecatconference.com to sign up today. Also, if you'd like to become an affiliate as a fundraiser for your organization, the information is right there on the website, as well as sponsorship opportunities. So I hope you'll check it out. Go to www.onlinecatconference.com and we look forward to seeing you then. Hey everyone, Hooch and I are here today to talk about Dr. Elsie's cat litter. Dr. Elsie's cat litter is known to be the best litter on the market and Hooch agrees. Many of you know that Hooch was a foster cat of mine that I adopted while at the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. We did use the Touch of Outdoors litter as we transitioned him from being an indoor-outdoor kitty to an indoor-only kitty. I'm thrilled that Hooch found his home with me, but there were many times when folks would call me saying their kitty didn't use the litter box. I was also thrilled that Dr. Elsie's Cat Attract litter came out as it gave me a resource to share with others that was affordable and in most cases successful in keeping this kitty in their home. As a special benefit to Community Cats podcast listeners, Dr. Elsie's is offering a rebate up to $20 off your first bag of any Dr. Elsie's litter. Just visit drelsies.com forward slash Community Cats podcast to print your rebate or fill out the online form. Try Dr. Elsie's today and you won't regret it. What does a typical basket look like? So all of them are a little bit different. At a minimum, they come with about 6 to 12 cat items. Most of the cat items are toys and treats. We really do our best to focus on putting in a variety of cat toys just because typically adult cats, they have their hunting style set. And so since I don't know the cat personally in most cases, I don't know exactly what that hunting style is. So I try to include toys that can simulate ground hunting as well as air hunting so that the owner can get the bag when they get home, you know, go through the couple of different types of toys and like really find what brings out that joy in the cat. And so each of them are a little bit different. Some of them, you know, include beds. Some of them have baskets. All of them come with treats, toys, and catnip at a minimum. Do the organizations that you work with that use the baskets as an incentive rather than a fundraising piece, do they find it really sways somebody to consider a hard-to-adopt cat? 
Yeah, you know, when my very first project that I did, um, I had reached out to kind of see, you know, like, oh, how did it go? Like, did you think that it helped? And they had mentioned the fact that they felt the cats got adopted out like a lot quicker than they would have expected. And so, you know, that's just another reason why I want to keep going is because I really do think that it makes a difference. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, a lot of organizations with, I hate to classify the hard to adopt cats, but there are cats that have, you know, a longer length of stay. I sometimes Mm -hmm. call them the strange, old, odd, and dysfunctional too. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, often an organization will waive the adoption fee uh, on those cats or call it a care for life even. I know Mm -hmm. at the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society where we've adopted out feline leukemia positive cats since 1998, they're called care for life cats. So if those cats need any veterinary care, the organization will cover it for as long as they need it. And they'll do that sometimes for a kitty and renal failure or diabetic cat or thyroid cat. So they're getting their adoption fee waived. And then the basket I would sort of look at is the icing on the cake, really, um, because you're practically going home with almost, you know, you don't have the litter, you don't have the food in the litter box, but you've got a good batch of what you need to be able to bring that kitty home. Right, absolutely. And that's kind of our goal. You know, it's funny that you say covering the adoption costs because when the 16 cats were actually returned, that was what I reached out to offer. I was like, I'm willing, like, I want to sponsor some of those cats and help them get adopted out quicker so that they're not sitting in the shelter for as long as as they would be. And they kind of came back and they were like, we appreciate you offering to sponsor them. However, we like charging a fee for adoptions just so that we can kind of see that the owner is willing to support the cats during their whole time. And so they came up with the idea of adding on, you know, like you said, an icing on top of the cake, additional incentive. And so that's kind of how the idea began to develop to incentivize, you know, adoptions. And yeah, we do try to send them home with, you know, a very large variety. Each bag is probably 50 to $75 worth of cat toys that a lot of cat owners wouldn't go out and buy themselves because cat toys can be expensive. And so it's nice to know that they're getting a good set of toys and treats to begin with. So when you approach various businesses for donations, I'm just trying to think along the lines of if there's another organization out there or a nonprofit that you know would like to try and create a program like this in their community. What does your approach or what does your ask look like? To start, I reached out just asking for straight donations. Typically, what I would do is I would just send them an email giving them the story of what was going on. So for my very first project, I let them know that they had 16 adult cats returned and that they're really struggling to get adopted and that anything would help. You know, any donation you were willing to send would be more than appreciated. And so that was kind of my approach to begin with. And then now, as things are progressing, I wanted to try to figure out how to make those long-term partnerships instead of just the one-time donation. And so as I'm reaching out to people now, I'm looking more for collaborators or affiliate links willing to work with me to like help get their product out there, but then also giving Joy for Cats something back in return that can then be given to the cat to help bring them joy. My main approach is just reaching out via email, explaining the story and going from there to see like what they're willing to work with me on. And you found that successful, even just cold calling emails. Is it online resources or like store in town? At the moment, I've reached out to like a lot of the big names. So some of them that I can think of off the top of my head is Cat Lady Box, Meowingtons, Chewy. Chewy's like donated to me every project I've had that I've reached out to. They are more than willing to send donations. Meow Box, it's mostly online stores. You know, I haven't actually tried to go in person to talk to the stores around me. That's a great idea, actually, that I need to write down. But mostly it's through email. And then if I'm not hearing anything through email, um, I have given a couple people some phone calls 
calls, which has gotten a little bit of a better response, but most of my communication is done through email. Obviously, there's some people who don't respond, and so I would say probably like a 75% response rate. That's excellent. That's wonderful. It's a great response rate. If someone out there was interested in starting something like this, what advice would you give them, and do you have any lessons learned? My first advice would be just to reach out to the community. You know, I was really surprised by how willing people were to donate, especially and just reach out to the cat community. You know, I remember when I got my first email reply with somebody, you know, telling me they loved my idea and they were more than happy to work with me. Man, I just got so excited and I was like, okay. Well, if this person is willing to work with me, I wonder who else is willing to work with me. And so don't be afraid to ask. And then don't get sad when somebody says no. You know, in the cat community, everybody says you can't help them all. You can't donate to all of them. Um, And that's so true. And so on those times where, you know, they say no, typically my approach is, well, is there a better time of year to reach out? Or are you willing to give me a discount on product instead of just giving me a full on donation? And so those are just some things that you can do to get the process going and start building those relationships to get it started. Yeah, I find this a really fascinating idea. And and here we are in early December. So we're sort of thinking about holidays. And I know it might be a little bit late to ask for donations, but maybe not. It's early December. And you're saying you can create things just by throwing a Facebook posting up for groups that might be a little bit shy for asking for money directly. They could put together a wish list to help craft some baskets. I know a lot of groups have an Amazon wish list. So maybe it could be incorporated in that in some way too. That would be my number one advice is don't be afraid to ask. The worst that they're going to do is tell you no. And then, you know, you come back with, okay, well, when is a better time to ask? A lot of people are willing to help and you're not going to know unless you put yourself out there. And I've been blown away by the amount of donations that I've got. Sounds quite impressive. How big do you plan to get? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I don't... I don't have a lot of plans to, you know, get any smaller. And so I want to keep going. I want to keep expanding. I want people in the future to think, oh, we have a hard to place cat. You know, let's reach out to Joy for Cats. They can donate a basket to them. You know, I'm also available to donate to fundraising events to help raise money for the cats. I don't really have any limits on what we want to do right now, um, but we are still in the process of kind of figuring out where we want to take it and exactly how big we're going to get. Is it just you or do you have some other volunteers working with you? It's mainly me. You know, I have immediate family and friends that help me out a lot, but I'm the one that does putting all the baskets together and, you know, reaching out to companies. Um, That's all done by me, which is why it's moving a little bit slow because I do have to focus on my day job every now and then. Um, (laughs) But hopefully when we kind of move towards making ourselves an official nonprofit, we do have to get, you know, a board to do that. And so I've had some friends reach out to me, letting me know that they're more than willing to help. And so in the near future, I'm hoping to get a couple more people on board so that we can, you know, expand who we're able to help. Yeah, and it might be nice if you could even do a a cheat sheet on Joy for Cats or how to set up a Joy for Cats in your backyard or in your neighborhood or whatever. Yeah, Um, that's a good idea. Because I think that that would be the greatest holiday gift. It seems pretty simple. It almost seems so simple that it's almost like, oh, well, I'm not going to do it because it just sounds too easy to believe it. You know, if you can get it on one sort of cheat sheet, you could really make magic in 30 days. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, along those lines, I had reached out to somebody from Colon Marmalade and we've been working together to kind of create an article that are just like small ways that you can help shelter cats. And so we were wanting to get joy for cats in that issue and just kind of give them a lowdown of the basic steps to start and so that you can start this in your community so that more cats can be helped. So if folks are interested in contacting you, how would they do that? 
So we're on Facebook and Instagram um, at Joy for Cats, and so that's actually the number four. So Joy for Cats, and um, I would say Facebook is our most used platform. Um, we are on Instagram, but I use Facebook a little bit more. I'm a little bit more savvy on Facebook, um, and then I do have an email. It's Joy for Cats Inc at gmail.com. All of that will go directly to me, and so any of those are a great way to contact me. That's great. Uh, anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, yeah, first I just want to say thank you so much for having me, Stacey, and also thank you uh, to everyone in the cat community for what you do. I know it's not an easy job, so thank you for taking the time to care and love for those cats. Um, and then I also want to let everybody else know that, you know, Joy for Cats is here as a resource. I know there's lots of shelters out there that don't get the support they need, so I just want it to be known that we're more than willing to help no matter what shape or size of the rescue or shelter. Um, if there's a cat in need that you think Joy for Cats can help, please reach out. Well, Megan, I want to thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future, maybe when you're uh, super big in a nonprofit. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 